This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and co-hosting is Mike Gregg. This is our match preview of the Huddersfield Town match for Fulham. This show is entitled Three Keys to Victory Against Huddersfield Town. Mike will be sharing his three keys to Fulham beating Huddersfield Town, along with several other topics for our preview. However, we will start the show with the Cottage Talk roundtable. I'm bringing that back for this episode. I have several topics for Mike to discuss. But before I do anything else, I have to welcome back Mike to the show. Mr. Greg, how you doing? Yeah, hi, Russ. Yeah, good. Looking forward to uh, talking about really important game uh, this week at the college. It's a huge match, Mike. I've talked to you about this before. This is a must-win, correct? Yeah, I don't want to go down that route, but yeah, it is a must-win, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is no doubt. If we're going to stay up, uh, these are, this is the kind of game where you know we have to be picking up three points. Okay, excellent. I totally agree with you. We'll be breaking that down in just a bit, but let's enter the Cottage Talk roundtable. And I have several topics for you. Let's start here. I want to get your thoughts on the change of formation to three center backs. And this is something that you tweeted out. You wanted to see, Mike. So give me your overall impression so far of the formation change. Yeah, I've been pleased to see it. I think he sort of stumbled on it in, in some ways. Um you know, Jukanovic used it in the Arsenal game, lost faith in it just after half time, um, and changed back. We never saw it again under him. And in the last few games, Ranieri's sort of gone down that route. And I've always felt, I mean, I've always been a fan of three centre backs. Um, I've mentioned it on the show before when I used to coach and manage. I, I was trying to get my Sunday teams to do that in the late 80s so you know so I've always wanted I can always see the upsides of it so um, looking at our squad the fact we've done a proper right midfielder um, you know we have good centre-backs maybe not the greatest full-backs defensively so 
and we were letting in a ton of goals. So I think you either pack the midfield or you pack the defence. So we've gone to the three at the back. It's good to see Mawson in there. I think Reem's a good good choice as well. Uh, Adoy's keeping his place at the moment um, until we get either another right-sided centre-back or Chambers goes there. And right. we, of course, have Marsh who can come in as well. So, sure. you know, we, we are covered in, the, in that position. Um, so, and it's interesting that, you know, we've played three centre-backs uh, with the wing-backs pushed forward and then against uh, walls. It was almost a you know a flat back five. So right. you can turn it from a very defensive formation to a you know quite an attacking one. Attacking one with the fullbacks literally becoming your wingers. And then the question is how many midfielders you have in front of you. So against walls, we only had the uh, Syrian Chambers, um, but there is room to fit another midfielder in, and and that midfielder might be Kearney. Um, so there's there's lots of options really, but I'm very pleased to see Ranieri do it because I did look at his history and he did, he's played it a few times, but he's predominantly a flat back four man. So right. uh, it's pretty it's pretty new for him as well. He's adapting. He's trying to find the best way for Fulham to play. Let me ask you this, Mike: Could this be the way moving forward? And in, in fact, I just want to read some quotes from Claudio Ranieri. That actually I got from uh, Ryan O'Donovan from Football Doll London talking about the um, five at the back. This is what Ranieri had to share. Quote, I think they've improved a lot. And I think I found the solution for the team to play five at the back. Of course, it's not dogmatic, the five at the back or the three, if you prefer. But I saw that the team is much better and more solid, more comfortable. And of course, we need something more when we get the ball because you know when you're at the bottom, it's not calm, and you're more anxious to do something good. We have to continue in this way. This is the right way, unquote. So, Mike, based on those quotes, it gives me the indication that this could be the way forward for Fulham, at least in the immediate future. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I think he's he's going to stick with this, um, certainly until he brings in um, another centre-back. Maybe he feels if he can get another centre-back in, he can go back to just two of them and he can pick you know, one of the guys that we have, which I suspect would be Mawson. Um, but until that point, uh, I, I do think we're going uh, to see this. But he, he does chop and change, so you just never know. He might be playing games that um, we saw it work against Arsenal for a half. Yes, we did. Fairly well for a half, you know. Um, so I, I'd expect us to do the same against them this uh, in two games' time. So I don't see why I'd change it again. So people talk about wanting a settled team um, or settled formation. If we can at least get the, the back three, back five in place, knowing what they're all doing, um, and Rico looks, you know, looks good playing with that formation as well, uh, then um, all power to Ranieri doing it, really. Okay. Right back to you, Mike, because uh, as part of this, you were obviously mentioning the wingbacks. I'm curious your thoughts on this, because I think this is the foundation defensively. That's where it starts. But as Alec Coben mentioned in the post-match show, he was talking about the lack of width against Wolves. And that paraphrasing, because I don't remember exactly what Alec said, but I think he was trying to talk about the fact that the wingbacks weren't getting forward enough. What are your thoughts about that? 
was this just a tactic by Ranieri just to be more defensive and maybe in future matches we'll see the wingbacks get forward more? Yes, exactly that. That's how, that's what I think it was. Uh, I said in the um, the match uh, rating show that uh, yep. it was almost like a seven seven at the back and, and three up top, and let those three just get on with it. And and that's pretty much what happened. You never saw Siri get near the uh, edge of the box. You never saw no. Chambers get near the edge of the box in open play. And you very rarely saw Brian get down the wing. Christie a little bit more. So I do believe it was, you know, you're going to play five defenders at the back. They're going to stay in the line and they're going to do their job to hold it. We're going to try and get the ball forward to the, the three up top. And that's where Kamara, Scherler, they were the wingers, if you like, with Mitro in the middle. When you change it slightly and you take one of those guys out and put them in the middle and you end up with two up top, that's where your, your wing backs then become your wingers. And... So it's just a slight tactical change which would be required. Okay. Um, but I think it was deliberate. So I, I, I'm not too concerned that they never got down the line the other day because I just don't think that was their job on that day. Very good then, Mike. I'm glad that you uh, shared that. All right. Another topic I want to talk to you about is the speculation from David Kidd in, in The Sun yesterday with a potential swap deal of Tom Kearney for John Joe Shelby of Newcastle United. This is, again, let's just call it what it is a speculation, but I found this curious. What are your thoughts about this speculation? Yeah, this sort of came out yesterday. I mean, yesterday morning I had a message from someone that the club were, the club or Tom were looking at moving on in January and uh, uh, another London club or another club were being mentioned and um, there was nothing about a swap deal or anything like that. And then during the day, this sort of came out, didn't it? And uh, as you say, Dave Kidd retweeted, I think it was a Sun uh, post about it. Um, I'm, I'm not keen. One, because Shelby, for a start, has been injured and has only just started back training with Newcastle. Uh, he, he might be a decent player for us to replace Chambers in that defensive role, uh, but certainly he's not a, a replacement for, um, for Kearney. Um, and also, I'm a believer in that uh, you know when you're when you're in trouble like we are now, it's better to have more options than less. And uh, I'd rather we kept Tom, you know, for the rest of the season because we all know what he can offer, and and who knows how the team will have evolved formation-wise or even um, playing style-wise. So uh, I still think he's got an awful lot to offer us. So I, I hope it's not true. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it will. We will find out. We will certainly find out over the next month. But um, I don't think the Tom Kearney at Fulham story is is over yet, and uh, uh, he's he's going to show us what he still has to offer. You know, the 20 minute cameo the other day. Let's forget it, and uh, let's see if he can somehow find his way back into us to start in 11. Okay, excellent, there, Mike. All right. Let me go right back to you. Here's another topic for you that uh, you and I were talking about off air that I'm just curious your thoughts on. Fulham are in a relegation battle. Let's call it what it is. So I'm going to give you three scenarios, and I'm curious which one you think is the most difficult out of the three at halfway, because we are halfway right now. And the three relegation battles that I'm giving you are these. The Great Escape season of 2007-2008, where Fulham stayed up, but it was a great escape. 
the 2013-2014 season, which saw Foam get relegated, and this current season. So I'm curious your thoughts on all three scenarios halfway through. Which one do you think is the most difficult at this point of the season? <laughs> um, uh, where we are now, quite frankly. Uh, if you look back to – I mean, I don't know if you've seen my tweets today or anyone has. I, I have, Mike. <laughs> That's yeah, what got me to think about this. <laughs> I've gone stats overboard uh, this morning. Um, it's okay. I basically, I basically, I've gone through the last 18 seasons for the, the bottom four positions and uh, how many points 20th had, 19th, 18th and 17th had at the 19-game stage and how many points they had at the 38-game stage. And um, it's sort of the way it works out is if a team, you know, most people think if you get 10 points at 19 games, then that position will probably have 20 points at the 20th game at the, the end of the season. It um, doesn't quite work out like that. So it's quite odd that, um, and I've got it, the stats for all the tables, is that uh, the bottom half of the leagues always outscore their first half of the season and the top half of the leagues always underscore. So it, there's an 80% chance you'll get more points in the second half of the season. So when you look back at those you know, the relegation season, uh, we, I think we were 18th and we had 16 points and we ended up with 33, I think it was right, or 32. Um, and then you look at the uh, Great Escape season, we had 14 points and we ended up with 36. So, you know, that's 22 points. In the Great Escape season, we got 22 points more in the second half of the season and stayed up on goal difference. Currently, if it pans out the way I think it's going to pan out, yep. you know, we need, we need to get another 23 points from, from the last 19 games. So it will be it's a momentous challenge we have on now. It's a bit okay. of a unique seat. The points are as low as they've ever been, um, which everyone's got. There's, there's a good fourth five, six teams involved at the moment and there's only four points separating us and teams like Southampton. So it can all change, but it has to change fairly quickly. So if we do stay up and if I do think it will go to the last game, um, I, I, I think we will look back on it as even greater than the great escape. Wow. <laughs> That's why I wanted to pose it to you, Mike, because you are my stats guy and, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that to just really put into perspective what is going on right now and how difficult of a task Claudia Ranieri has keeping Fulham in the league. And, uh, you know, I obviously have to give in and say uh, we're in a relegation battle and we are in a lot of trouble. And uh, this is all true. And the stats back that up. And that's why I'm glad that we had had this discussion. So, just yeah, I mean, summarizing, Mike, you see about. this is more difficult than any and that this would be, a, I guess you could say, a better achievement than even the Great Escape. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and uh, the reason the reason I'd say that is yeah. uh, let me – I'm just going to bring something up on my computer just so that I can sure. um, explain, explain to people the way, the way I work it out. So when um, – when Roy, or yeah, well, at the halfway stage, because Roy wasn't in charge then, but at the halfway stage in the Great Escape season, 
we were 18th and like I say we got 22 points over the rest of the season and so for the rest of the, that second half of the season we were the 14th best team that's the kind of form we needed and we did it with that last <laughs> last day win um, and on goal difference for us to now if we can get to 34 points which is what I think we need we right. need to be the 12th best well for the 13th best team um, so we need to do better than we did under Roy now Roy started quite slowly and our, our end of season run was was really quite good but um, you know I've got all these monthly targets I've decided we can't get a point against the top six all this kind of stuff but um, yeah we we really will have to be as good as a team as like Brighton are doing at the moment, for right. example, you know, so we need to take what they've done. Um, and we're starting at a very, very low base. Um, and so we need to accumulate points against those teams around us and, and sort of in the, in the middle of the table as well. Um, but yeah, it will be, I, I, I truly believe if we stay up, we will look back on it as a, as a, a, a greater achievement. Wow. That's unbelievable, Mike, to say the least. And the 2013-2014 season where Fulham did get relegated, so you see that as, um, well, again, um, not as difficult as the great escape and this current season. Well, no, because at that point, halfway through the season, yeah, we were 18th, but we had 16 points. We were level with Palace. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Cardiff, West Brom, Norwich, I'm looking at the table now, there were, there were only two or three points ahead of us. What killed us that, that, from that point on, you know, people talk about, oh, we should have kept Moulinstein and all that. The fact is, over the next six games, we got one point. Yep. And then we sacked him, you know. So, you know, I don't look back on, um, on Moulinstein as some missed opportunity at all because... Uh, he may well have been a good, better coach to have in the championship with the youngsters, but I don't think we would have stayed up with him. Um, okay. And there's, 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 can I just say, there's a real sort of, we're in a very similar situation. Uh, people talk about um, Mullenstein and oh, how he got draw at Man U and how we did well against Liverpool those last two games. He was turning yep. it around and bang, got the sack. And people are saying the same now about Jakanovic, how the Liverpool game oh, we did all right, and maybe we should have kept him. And that's going to be the story going on now. Everyone's always <laughs> going to look back. At, you know, the fact that we lost seven in a row, no one seems to be mentioned. So, <laughs> that's a good point, Mike. But it is almost a mirror image, you know. Yep. But, but, yeah, the, the difference we have is we have Huddersfield, Cardiff, you know, Cardiff again. <laughs> right. um, all these teams around us who are, you know, they're not that much better. Um, and uh, I think we've we need to pick up some points in January, pick up some players, and uh, start February off with a a real push. But um, yeah, it's going to be bloody hard, bloody hard. I'd say at the moment there's a, I'd probably say there's a seventy five percent chance we're getting relegated. At the okay, and based on. Uh... Stats, I certainly understand it. And, and looking at the fixtures, the way that they uh, are looking, Mike, the, the way everything is laid out for the rest of the season, I certainly understand that. It, it is difficult. And the fact that the two matches that we're going to need to win, Mike, are near the end of the season. We're talking Cardiff City and, of course, Newcastle United. So it is a difficult situation. And that's why I 
have completely changed my mind on this and understand why you are putting 75% relegated. I agree with it. I totally agree with it. That's why uh, it puts all the importance on every match against teams around us, especially this upcoming match, which we're going to get into right now and how vital it is because they need the three points. They can't afford a draw. I'm going to say that right now. And, and, uh, and I'll say that even if they get a draw, that, that, that it really is going to make the uh, task so much harder because they need every single point that they can against teams around them. There's, there's literally no room for error. No, uh, there isn't. Russ, because I totally agree. If we beat, yeah, if we beat Huddersfield, we then have January where we've got Arsenal and Tottenham, which you, you know, you pretty much. Uh, well, I will. And you have I do to beat right. Brighton. You have to beat these teams around you. I mean, I know Brighton's farther up the table, but like you said, Mike, unless. The caveat here is, Mike, and, and I know you are already saying no to getting any points off of, say, the top six. If they do get some points off the top six, maybe that changes it a little bit, but they would have to, correct? But all that is is a bonus, isn't it? I see it as yes. a bonus. So let's say let's say we beat Huddersfield and then we get a draw at Arsenal. Right. Okay. Right. You then you then don't want to go to Burnley and lose because then that means, because we need to get something at Burnley. So Very true, Mike. That's, that's a good point. Otherwise, you're, it's just pointless in some ways because you know you over in January if we can get three points um, from the Burnley and the Brighton game, so one of those we need to win at least. If we can get a win and a draw, then we'd be ahead of my sort of targets. But then straight after that, you have Palace away. So, uh, you know, and they're in the mix as well. So there are, we really, it's the teams around us um, and that bottom and that middle bunch who we just have to keep, we have to start getting points off. And the hardest thing for us is we have all the big guys at home. So we've got to do this away from home um, the majority of the time against these other sides. So, uh, but, but given the way the cottage is and the way our fans are sometimes, that might not be a bad thing. And maybe we'd be better set up to do it away from home. Okay. Very good there, Mike. All right. Let's get into our Huddersfield. Tom, I'm sorry, Mike. Do you have something else you wanted to add? Yeah, I was going to say Merry Christmas on that note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into our Huddersfield Tom preview. Let's start with a stats comparison, Mike. Get your thoughts on this. I do this from whoscore.com. These are all offensive categories, but it just might give you a feel of the differences between the two teams. Let's start where these teams are in all these categories with goals. Huddersfield are dead last with 12 goals. Fulham are tied at 16th with 17. Shots per game. Huddersfield Town are 16th with 11.5. Fulham are 11th at 12.2. Possession. Huddersfield Town are 10th in the league at 48.3. Fulmar 11th at 48.2. Passing percentage. Huddersfield Town are 15th at 76.4. And Fulham are 9th at 78.7. Crosses per game. Huddersfield Town are tied at first, Mike, with 23. Fulham are tied at 15th with 15. Long balls. Huddersfield Town are at second at 73. Fulham are tied at 7th with 66. It just tells you how different Fulham are now playing. Short passes. Huddersfield Town are 13th with 361. Fulham are still 7th at 385. Okay, Mike, what are your thoughts about the stats comparison there? 
what stands out to you between these two teams? Yeah, Russ. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's they're fairly even. Um, you know, shots for game, goals for game, conversion rate even is very similar. Um, I think this is, you know, you can see why we're both at the bottom of the table in, in many ways. Um, everything says a draw. In, what's interesting is I know you use whoscore.com. It's um, stuff like their positional statistics, you know, what side yep. they attack on. They're very right-sided, yep. which means they're going to be sh- against Scherler and, and, and Brian if uh, he goes with that formation. Um, and, uh, you know, it's very light in the middle. But then you look at their formation recently and it's free at the back. It's it's packed midfield. So this is why I think, you know, we're, we'll see a change to, you know, the formation we had the other day. Not a formation, but, you know, a slight, slight change to... Uh, to match up in midfield. So, um, yes, it's, uh, there's nothing really that stands out a lot. One of the things they do say is that Huddersfield steal the ball a lot from us. So we, you know, yep. we can't be sleeping. You know, there's a lot of, there's a Siri losing the ball. And I think that's, yep. you know, because they're packing the midfield, that's probably where they're doing it. But I, I think for, for this game, yeah, we're going to see a tactical change slightly. And I, I would hope that the players who played in that, Huddersfield game at their place, which really was the uh, nail in the coffin, I think, for Savisa. It was a such a luckless performance. We didn't do anything. It was it wasn't a must win, but it was a must get a performance, and it was dreadful. It was you know it was up there with Sheffield United at home under Mullenstein as as oh, I remember you know, that. poor performances go. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it's evenly balanced. But it's, and it's going to be tough, you know, the two worst teams in the league playing each yep. other. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not going to be pretty. No, it's definitely not going to be pretty, Mike. And, and uh, let me go right back to you because you already talked about the first match and Fulham were extremely poor in this match. But can we take something out of that to give them motivation in this upcoming match? What do you take from that bad loss? Pride. If I was a player, if I if I was in that game and I look back on it, um, if I was Ranieri, I might even sit them all down again and, and get them to watch it to see how appalling they all were. I totally um, agree with that. that. That's a great idea, by the uh, way. So it should be in the dressing room before the game. It should be, you know, Ranieri really shouldn't have to say much. It should be the players there going, you know, we, we owe it to ourselves, as the fans and everyone, to go out there and show them, you know, we're a better side than uh, that performance. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just show that game again, really. <laughs> that was a terrible game. I, I don't I don't think I ever want to watch that game back, Mike. I, I honestly I, I watched it and I watched it again and I can't believe I watched it a second time. It was horrible. All right. Let's now get into it, my friend, with our three keys to victory. Before we get there, let me ask you your starting eleven and formation, because you said that you could see a tweak in the formation. So let's start with the formation and then and then give me your starting eleven. Yeah, so uh, they play three at the back, you know, similar to Wolves in, in some ways. And, you know, the argument could be that, you know, you start with Kamara and Scherler and Mitrovic again. But I think because they pack the midfield a lot more, I think we'll see a slight change. So it'll still be three centre-backs, you know, five defenders. It'll be the two sitting midfielders and then it'll be the guy behind the two strikers. So, uh, you know, a, a five you know, five two one two or something like that. But okay. I definitely see us putting three in midfield anyway. Okay, very good. 
What do you think will be the starting 11 that Ranieri will use here? Yeah, so I think the one change will be uh, Scherler out, and I think Kearney will come in and he will go behind Kamara and, and uh, Mitrovic. So that, I would expect that, you know, to be, uh, to be one of them. He, knowing Ranieri, it would be completely different. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that's what he'll do. Um, it will be a, a chance for Tom, as we've been saying, to, uh, you know, come out, show what he can do. Um, but it also puts that extra man in the centre of midfield. So our wingers will become Christian Bryan. If there was a third chain, if there was a second chain, sorry, I wouldn't be at all shocked to see Session on playing place of Brian, um, you know, to get him on the pitch. But, uh, you know, at the moment, I think it'll it stick with just the one change. Okay, Mike. Very good. All right. Let's get your three keys to victory for Fulham. This is a must win. Give me the three things Fulham need to do against Huddersfield Town to get all three points. Uh, score early. Um, because the longer the game goes on, I, I, you know, I think we have we, we do have a bit of a mental weakness at times. So uh, yeah, score early to calm the crowd down. Ranieri has to get his tactics right, so he has to make that decision on the midfield, or, or does he go with the three up top? And um, we need a big performance from uh, from Mawson again, I believe, because you know they do go long Huddersfield. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, they're very, very good in the air, set pieces, uh, big team. So, uh, yeah, for me, Mawson, unofficial captain, if you like, or unofficial second, third, fourth choice captain, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Mawson, for me, Ranieri has to get the tactics right with regards to the lineup, and we need to score early to calm everyone down. Okay, excellent. And uh, I'm glad that you talked about set pieces and, and the fact that they – Attempt crosses a great deal, and uh, looking at whoscored.com, that shows that, and the video that I've watched on them, it, it is true. It really is about their uh, set pieces and, and and how much they cross into the box, and those are going to be the ways that they're going to create opportunities and full need to be solid, but I, I agree with you, Mike. I, I think it really comes down to all that you said there, my friend. All right, let's get right to it, my friend. Give me your prediction, I'll, and I'll give you mine. Uh, free one. Wow. Great minds think alike, Mike. I wrote down three to one. I'm going with the same result. How confident do you feel? I actually feel very confident going into this match based on what I've seen. And um, I I also want to mention this because I think this is going to be a factor in this match. I know he's been out a little bit, but they don't have Aaron Moy. And and I think he's very important for what they do. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, but they're bottom for a reason. They're on a terrible run. If, if we're going to stay up, you know, we can't look at games like this and think, you know, I'm an R in. You've got to just say it. You, got, you know, we have to win. You've got to go for the 3-1, um, if not more. Um, I mean, one of the interesting things which we haven't mentioned is, uh, you know, we go on about how poor our goal difference is, or it has yes. been. And then you look, you look at Burnley on minus 24, Cardiff on minus 20, Huddersfield minus 22 and we're on minus 26. So it's getting you know, closer. It's, it's getting closer. And if we, if we are going to pick up points, that's going to reduce as well. So, uh, so yeah, we need to go into this game looking to beat the team that are bottom, you know, yep. and um, we're still going to be in the bottom three and we're probably still going to be in the bottom three for another two or, two or three games. So, you know, we just have to accept that, but it's about 
inch by inch clawing those points and putting them in the bag and uh, hoping, because it's not all down to us, that the other teams stay around uh, within reach. And um, and then we, we're into January and we can we can try and strengthen um, yep. and uh, and take it from there. So yeah, that's you've, you've got to be confident going into this game. Totally agree, Mike. And you actually just brought something up that I, I wanted to just ask you real quick, and then we'll end this show because I'm doing this a lot now. I'm watching the matches from teams around us, and I, I watched that Southampton match, and I can't believe I was actually really supporting West Ham in this match. That's what it, this situation makes you do because I, I don't like West Ham at all. But I was so happy when they won that match last night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's survival of, for us, isn't it? So you've got to cheer on teams you don't like. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I still, you know, I'm looking at the bottom seven. I think Crystal Palace have enough to uh, stay out of it. I think Newcastle have a fragile um, underbelly, and uh, a lot will depend on what happens in January with them. You know, whether they sell the club, whether they spend any money on players. Yep. Or what happens to Benitez. You know, Southampton, they had a bit of a kick with two wins. and um, But, uh, you know, then they reverted to type. So they're still they're still you know, struggling along with us. And, and Cardiff for Cardiff. You know, he will yep. pick up points here and there. But, again, I still think Cardiff will revert to type. They will get found out second half. I hope the so. Season. They won't. The other teams will have too much for them. So they will still be there or thereabouts with us. Um, Burnley, I, I'm pretty sure Dice can turn it around. You know, for them to suddenly turn into this very poor team, letting in more goals now than they let in all of last season is is really shocking. And, um, you know, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, you can't expect them to keep doing what they're doing. You know, you, right. you think they're going to turn Round. So um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. But uh, you know we're playing all these teams fairly fairly soon. So yep. uh, you know let's make up some ground. Okay, excellent, Mike. Great show. But let's wrap this up of this episode of Cottage Talk, which is our preview for the Huddersfield Town match. I want to again thank my co-host Mike Gregg for joining me. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.